0: This is the Rising Tide Startups podcast where we chat with startup founders from all over the globe to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Every episode of Rising Tide Startups is sponsored by PodBrand Media. Let PodBrand create and host your company branded podcast. Learn more at podbrandmedia.com. This is the Rising Tide Startups Podcast, and my name is Kevin Pruitt. I'm honored to host this podcast. I have a special guest today, Sean Lemon. Sean, thanks for joining us on Rising
1: Tide. Man, thanks for having me.
0: So I, I appreciate your persistence in, in getting this scheduled because I, I did cancel on him the first time, and I, he, uh, he when I circled back with him, he said, absolutely, let's do it again. But Sean, if you and I met at a, like a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me?
1: Yeah, I would say so when businesses grow, and uh, especially uh, if they've been in business for a while, they create some pretty big digital messes. And my company is called The Digital Organizer, and we turn that chaos into order. And uh, we just love working with with businesses, large and small, to help them get control of their files, their tech stack, their passwords, and allow them to collaborate more efficiently than ever.
0: So, family, where you live in?
1: Yeah, I live in Franklin, Tennessee. I've got a wife and a small uh, small baby who's about a year and a half old, so I'm in the thick of uh, toddler town, you know, chasing chasing after him in those long days and sometimes long nights. but <laughs> I get it. we're we're growing
0: out of that, so it's been pretty cool so i'm um, you're still sorely in the stage you would you would dare possibly write a book on parenting right now when they get older you would say i wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole so you know, parenting is not for cowards that is for sure but it's it's, it's good not. to have you on i appreciate the uh intro and i uh when when you hear the word digital organizer i mean the first thing that comes to mind is like i've got fourteen thousand photos on my phone you know yeah. i need somebody mm-hmm. to, to organize these into folders but it is it sounds like it's a much broader uh, catchment in, in what you're trying to do, but I mean, nobody wakes up from you know from going to university and saying, "Hey, I, I think I'll be a digital organizer." I mean, what was right. the what was the itch you were trying to scratch, or what was the kind of the impetus for starting this?
1: Totally. Well, I worked at the Apple Store, and I was one of their creatives, and so we not the genius. Uh, it was kind of a, a equivalent title, but. People coming to the Genius Bar, they had something broken. When Mm -hmm. they come to the creative table, they bought something new and they bought a membership to come and learn how to use their new tech. Whether it's like learning how to use Final Cut Pro or how to use Mail on an iPhone, uh, they would sit down with, with us and we would teach them how to use it. And I had people coming in year after year uh, who would have these big digital messes, and they'd want to go to the Genius Bar, they'd want to come to us, and we're only supposed to teach, Genius Bar is only supposed to fix hardware issues, and if you've got a software issue, they hand you a sheet of paper on how to erase and reinstall your computer and say, have at it. We got a, external drives over there, you know, and so there's this, there's this gap of people who've got a whole bunch of stuff that they don't know what to do with, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily know how to use it very well, and... Some people can just bull right through that, you know, and say, "Oh, I've got a mess and but they they have a clear idea of what the outcome is, and they just work right through it and work through the mess and it doesn't bother them. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that don't, and they have a hard time with that. And uh, no one was solving that problem. And so I started doing it on the side, and eventually, through a thousand dollar bet with someone, I decided, you know, I <laughs> took the plunge to get the business license and do the whole thing from there. said here we go so i
0: i am a mac daddy i i have the secret tattoo and and know all the secret handshake and everything but i have no i had no idea that there was another there was anybody else in the store other than people selling you stuff or the genius bar i had no idea there was this oh my gosh third leg of the
1: the stool here yeah well the creative position is so much different now than it than it was before so they quit doing the one-on-one training you know these hour-long sessions um they do these like little workshops with you know Mm -hmm. up to four people that you could come and sit down together and all work on the same topic together That was when I was there from like 2007 to 14, and they were just phasing that out after that. And now the creatives, you know, they just put on workshops and then they get flexed to be put in other positions in the store, sell something, swap out an iPhone at the Genius Bar and stuff like that. So it's not that position doesn't exist anymore. But there is a business team. So where you can get business discounts, um, get referrals to other consultants, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So they actually have a lot to offer at the store.
0: Did you did you just like cold turkey one day just walk out and say on Friday I'm walking out and on Monday I've, I've opened my LLC or was it no. one of those where I'm going to do this at night on the side and then as that income increases yeah. I can like step out?
1: Yeah. So how it worked is probably. After about a year of doing sessions, I had, uh, I think the guy was like 72 or something. Uh, his name was Wally. He ended up becoming my best friend, one of my best friends um, after this. But he was sitting down and we just really hit it off as we were working on the photography. He's like, hey, do you do this on the side or do, can you like come to me and do this outside the store? And I said, well, not if you tell anyone else. It's got to be our little we weren't supposed Wally. to. <laughs> and right. that started my moonlighting. Yeah. And uh, and so I went over and I met, met Wally and his wife. And had an amazing dinner and and connection over photography and all this stuff. And I started doing more and more of that. And I built up my side business. I ended up going part time, and it just kept growing. And I had I was at dinner with someone. My sister and and brother-in-law's friend was at the table. I had never met the guy, and he just turns to me in the middle of the conversation. It's like, so what do you do? So, well, I work at the Apple store, I do this, but what I really want to do is, is, you know, help people get digitally organized Mm -hmm. and do this whole thing. And he's like, well, do you want to be an entrepreneur or a wantrepreneur? (laughs) (laughs) And the table falls silent, you know, my testosterone rises. And I'm like, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, how about this? How about when we get back to Mary and Chris's, we'll sit down. And you can write me a thousand dollar check and you post date it for whatever the date that you choose. And you write down a list of all of the things, 10 things, whatever it needs to be that you need to do in order to launch this business and do it. And if you don't get those things done by that date, I'm going to come back over here and I'm going to cash that thousand dollar check. And I looked at my wife and she gave me, you know, the go ahead and (laughs) I went ahead and did it and I got the business license and all the things, you know, the the business license was the last one. I got it on the deadline and I was so thrilled to drive (laughs) over to my sister in law's house and pick up that check and say, yeah, I did it. That was getting the the business license though. And all of that going, what really tipped me finally over the edge was going to Tony Robbins business mastery event, Mm -hmm. totally getting fired up. It was an amazing event, you know, gave me a lot of inspiration. And I was on this high from my side work that i was making more on the side than i was when i was full-time at apple because i've gone part-time to be able yeah. to handle more more of this other business i said you know what i'm doing it and so i put in my two weeks notice and uh and went and and i was on a high and then it went back down again and as <laughs> as the freelance thing goes yeah. you know it's if you do good work it's up and to the right but it's certainly not linear yeah. and uh but i made it through and uh you know, I'm coming up on 10 years.
0: So, wow. My, I mean, obviously you have uh, you've run the race. So I, I, I want to answer, ask a question that I think is, is just very pertinent to our listeners because a lot of people are sitting in a cubicle somewhere, you know, deciding yeah. that I, you know, I got, I want to do something. And, you know, mm-hmm. in my, where my Venn diagrams intersect, but how did you handle like benefits? How'd you handle like health insurance? And you know, that, that seems to be a big sticking point for people that want to kind of make this shift.
1: Oh yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing that I ended up doing was the healthcare marketplace. So mm-hmm. that had just been introduced and so I started with that and then I think I ended up switching to a health sharing program okay So yeah. if you're uh, having a, uh, any sort of like religious affiliation, then you can take a look at something like Samaritan Ministries mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's it's a health sharing program. so you have a need you submit the need, it gets approved. And, uh, and you get checks or PayPal from other individuals directly to pay for that. And so every month I'm writing a check to an individual, I use PayPal if, as long as they, you know, the person accepts it and, uh, and yeah, you're giving it directly to them. And so it's been a a real, real cool thing to, to go about, especially we looked at doing insurance at one point Mm -hmm. for everyone, but the cost of it and, and the minimums. And, you know, other people had spouses and they're like, you know, I'd rather just stick with what I've got over here. And so it doesn't, you don't have to have it all together first. You can use some of these other things and you don't, it doesn't have to be a ministry either. What you're looking for is health sharing program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, and and the
0: the only question I, I mean I've even gotten you know people asking me about you know similar things that you're talking uh-huh. about Christ, Christian MedShare others others that are yep. out there they're going. Yep. So that that's great if I'm just going to the doctor that's great if I have a five thousand dollar bill or whatever. But what if I have a heart transplant? What if I have a you know you fill in the blank on a yep. you know,
1: major medical issue? Is yeah. there a, is there a maximum? Yeah, it depends on the program, and some of them they have buying up so i know samaritan has one that that you can go even higher and so you pay a little bit more into that fund and that kind of raises that cap Mm -hmm. from i think my cap is like a quarter million or something like that so it's still pretty high you know i've Mm -hmm. been hit by a car on my bicycle snapped my hip fractured my back you know a couple of surgeries the whole thing that can set me back about one hundred sixty thousand. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time I was employed by Apple, so I had Cadillac insurance, so everything got taken care of. But, you know, nowadays uh, that was 2011. So healthcare has probably doubled since then. Mm -hmm. It's just insane how fast the, the prices are rising. And now here's a quick word from one of our new sponsors on Rising Tide Startups. Have you been wanting to start a podcast, but not sure where to start? Well, now you can start a podcast in less than 24 hours. I'm David Ezell, and I'll walk you through all of the things that you need to get started today. Things like how to choose the right microphone, how to edit your audio, and how to find guests and build a pipeline of future guests. This course does a great job of keeping things high level while also diving into the things that keep most people from starting. Even better, if you use the code RISING at checkout, you'll get 20% off your purchase. But that's only if you use the code RISING at checkout. What are you waiting for? Start your podcast today. It is amazing
0: how many people are in these programs too that are mm-hmm. that are working well. But uh, mm-hmm. I I um I want to go back to something you said earlier. You 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 know this challenge by I, you said brother in law cousin somebody you know challenge a friend of my sister in law. Okay, friend of so you've been challenged. So yeah. you step out and uh, the guy from the Apple Store, the seventy-two-year-old that that wants you to kind of moonlight here. He invites yeah. you over. All right. So the first thing that went through my mind when you said that was like, okay, great. Yeah, I can help you. Mm-hmm. How in the world am I going to determine what this costs? Yeah. You know? And is there mm-hmm. a is there a learning curve like especially early when you were telling yeah. people, here's my services and it's mm-hmm. five hundred dollars an hour. It's you know, it's yeah. a flat rate of four hundred a month. I mean, what's yeah. the where in the world do you land on this? Like close your
1: eyes and throw a dart at a dartboard. I mean, when you first get started, what's it gonna take to get you over there? I mean, so Good how question. I think about pricing just in general is, does this person value this item more than I do? Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost for, for you to buy this mug for me? Well, I made this mug. So, uh, and it's my favorite one. So <laughs> it's going to take worth a lot of money to, right. to to buy this one. So, so yeah. that's what it's worth. But is it sustainable? Mm-hmm so you know and and you kind of have to judge that and say you know well this is what i charge an hour is that worth it to you and you've got to kind of figure that out and you can start small and work your way up it's uncomfortable to start small and work Mm -hmm. your way up yeah but the surprising thing is you get a lot of congratulations sorry for my french Mm but every time i did a price range or, or price raise people said uh congratulations i'm so excited for you and then they booked more time on my calendar after five
0: years after 10 years i mean that's a little different i think stage you're at you know and and understanding you know what what that kind of point of elasticity that price elasticity is that says yeah that the market will will sustain that Mm -hmm. so if you're coming to me and you're telling me about this service i don't necessarily have a per hour value in mind, because mm-hmm. number one, I don't really even understand what you're going to do mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as, as far as the services provided. So if you're coming to me and and I'm saying, look, I, you know, I've got a little side business here. It is kind of a mess. What in the world are you telling me? You're going to say, okay, here's, here's our kind of smorgasbord of services you're providing. You choose which ones you want. Here's the cost of each of those. Is that is that kind of how this works? As far as right now
1: or at the beginning? Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm more concerned about right now. Yeah. Okay, right now, um, it's been systematized. So yeah, I did a lot, and then realized, how do I train anyone mm. to to yeah. do fifteen years worth of experience? All right, you're probably product, you know, product type so services it, type thing. It really had to be narrowed down, and and I took a look at what are the things that everyone deals with and that if those were fixed would make make a big difference and mm-hmm. what's kind of the common theme throughout it. And so from offering, you know, the services for like 20 or 30 different apps, I'm down to offering, well, five categories. Data migrations, because you might probably have stuff all over the place and you need to consolidate it all together. Yeah. And so if there's a lot, then that's a data migration. Otherwise, if it's not a lot, then that's just part of the organization service but the other topics are email mm-hmm. uh, people are drowning in email yeah. it is so far off the yeah. mark from what it was designed to be second file system people most people were not taught a file system a naming convention or anything like that mm-hmm. and they got stuff all over the place passwords project management and so we after doing thousands and thousands thousands of hours of working with people it's like okay this is the process. We we got to start with this. Then we do this. Then we do this. And then mm. we do this. And so we just kind of take them through that. And I know how long it takes to do some of these tasks. And our point of view is everything's about training. It's about really understanding what this is, what this is for, and how you're using it. Yeah. If you understand that, you you're not going to need to jump around to all of the different latest apps. Because you'll realize the problem is understanding the system and creating Mm -hmm. a, a little system for yourself that you can rely on and do it over and over again that is the magic so we're teaching a system with practical experience so by the end you're organized right and so i know how long it takes to teach you each one of those lessons and and take you through that process now If you have a hard time making decisions or you've got a lot of stuff that you want to go through and you're not willing to archive very, you know, very much, then that's going to take you longer. But, you know, the process and you can continue it along outside of the session Mm -hmm. or you can pay us to hold your hand through the rest of the process.
0: So I seem like there's almost two parts to this. Number one is getting me organized. And number two is teaching me how to stay organized, you know, moving forward. And because I, you can, you can move all my files around and create this, this really pretty file system and, Mm -hmm. and, and leave me okay. here's the key. But I don't know how to drive the car, you know, I don't know how, I, I, so I see a bunch of files you created, I, but is there, uh, it sounds like to me that you actually have a system in place too, that's, it's just not moving stuff around and, and, and you know, cleaning out no. the closet. It's teaching people that how does a Marie
1: Kondo come
0: <laughs> in picture, yeah. house, you know, at the end Yeah. Of the
1: day. Okay. So, so it's actually both of them combined. I did it before in the past where, if if you showed me all of your files, I couldn't organize them because I don't know what's relevant. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you look at all the time and what's important to you and what you haven't opened in a long time, or you haven't edited in a long time, but you actually reference it a lot. I can't know any of that stuff. So I can't do it for you, but I can sit down with you. I can interview you and then do organization, but then Mm -hmm. you're in the position that you just explained. It's my system, I interviewed you and it's close because we kind of collaborated together on it, but you didn't do it. So now what we do is we say, okay, show me what you've got, you know, bring all of these things together. So we formulate the plan, we talk about the concept. And so it's like, we're just gonna focus on one concept, keep, delete and archive. Let's go through all of this stuff, consolidate it together and figure Mm -hmm. out what we're gonna do with it and help you to triage If you're going to keep the leader archive now from here, let's do, you know, create a new folder structure. What's a folder structure that makes sense. How do you work? You start explaining it. We ask you all of these questions so that you can really understand that you already have a system. Most people don't think they do, but you do already have a system. And what we need to do is make it official and realize that and say you know you're doing little tweaks and changes every time but it's pretty close so let's make it official and you know and start connecting all the pieces and in the meantime you're doing the work you're making decisions and you have a sounding board and someone who's helping to shape your viewpoint around how this actually works Mm -hmm. and so you're learning while doing and so it's kinesthetic audio you're talking it out you're dealing with problems and so we hit roadblocks over and over again and we talk through them so that you really understand that concept and and how you stick with it and that's the get organized and stay that way so because then you learn it
0: does it also apply like to uh helping helping small businesses or freelancers or whatever develop even standard operating procedures and their own processes is that part of totally. this as
1: well okay yeah it starts into creating that folder structure, the naming convention and everything. And it's understanding that you have a process now that, that begins that. Mm-hmm. Now you can say, all, I, all you have to do is document it. Yeah. We put our files here, you know, we do this, we named them this way. When we send it to the client, we do it this way, you know, stuff like that. Right. And then from there. You can graduate into project management where you create templates for the tasks that you do repeatedly or the projects that you do repeatedly. I mean, it is so
0: much more comprehensive probably than I even understood, you know, watching previous interviews, looking at your website. I mean, this is a culmination of a lot of hours that you've spent, you know, learning what, what works, what doesn't work and, and just developing your own, even your own SOP, you know, in in Mm -hmm. how to do this well. So totally. As you were sitting there at the uh at the Apple store maybe even before then was there was there ever an inkling to do something on your own like I mean this is yeah. rising tide startups is is we we love to talk to entrepreneurs you know and there's a difference between being say a business owner or just somebody that started something but a true entrepreneurial you know dna did you yeah. do you believe you had that so
1: i i still don't know about this because it's like you can take you can take someone who is like estranged from a parent and you know, for a long time or whatever, and then reintroduce them or or see those two people and say they have really similar mannerisms. They kind of mm-hmm. think and act the same way. So how much of personality is genetic? Yeah, I don't know, the nature uh, or nurture. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and so I was thinking, well, what if what if there is a gene, but it's about the epigenetics of whether that gene is expressed, whether it's mm-hmm. turned on or off, and so we can have all kinds of genes. You can have the gene that that is uh, you know likely to have pancreatic cancer, but it never flips on because the environments didn't prompt that mm-hmm. uh, in your body. So I don't know if it's that, but you know when I grew up my parents had a specific point of view of asking us why do you think why do you think that's like that what would you change about that how would you make that better hmm. you know and so that's that was my viewpoint of the world is standing in port of subs when i could barely like see over the countertop and <laughs> everything's going wrong it's just ridiculous and my brother and i are complaining and my mom asks us what's happening and what would you do differently and we start like you know trying to pu- pull it apart and fix the port of subs and how (laughs) how it's been mismanaged yeah that that was a big part of it and and so my brother ended up starting his own business Um, my mom had her own business my dad worked in the in the corporate world and i ended up doing it myself because i can't help but think of ideas and ways to solve problems Mm -hmm. it's just it's how I work, and and even though this is really hard, and sometimes I think most entrepreneurs who, and most people in leadership all want to be better leaders and think they suck it yeah. suck it some part or or many parts of the leadership aspect. um But we've we've all got this drive, and I think all of us are doing a little bit better than we think we are. <laughs> well, maybe not everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I it's it's funny because I I mean I. I just hypothetically, just spend a day with Sean, and, and then you know, just walk around Nashville, and you're everything. You're kind of looking at, you're thinking, why, why did, why are we doing it that way? Why, why don't we do it this? Why is the, why are we putting all these orange cones out? And there's nobody working right now, on, on the interstates. It's I mean, exhausting. I mean, what That's... in the world is, you know, is there's got to be a better way. I mean, this is, this is, this is nuts. But uh, so, yeah, I and one another thing that I that I notice is. Interestingly, the uh, you know, transformation in a lot of people that have started things and kind of left kind of employment to go to entrepreneurship is that they soon become unemployable again, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they really have developed their own way of doing things, their own processes yeah. Their you know, get off my lawn, you know, yeah. <laughs> mentality yeah. that goes there. Would you say that, you know, you've kind of graduated into that stage of life?
1: It goes back and forth. Yeah. Recently, I was like, you know, I'm getting I'm at a point where it's very rare that I'm working in the business now where I'm doing the client work. there, There are a few things as far as like the technical migrations that I still do. It's. But I have thought like, you know, what if I got this totally running really smoothly and I and I had a great integrator who could take my ideas and and implement them and I'm just basically running the whole thing from a high mm-hmm. level. I am a little interested in going back into a totally different industry and in mm-hmm. a much bigger business yeah. and gaining a new perspective. I don't think that i could live there i think mm-hmm. it would be a stint back in for uh, for a journey to create value from someone else right. see what else i could do you know and how other people are doing it and then bring that back to my other endeavors so i don't think i could just join back into the workforce and be be done with business for the it rest of my means life to an end. You there's know, no way yeah, yeah
0: it's i mean even even entrepreneurs when you talk to them they and even in their day gigs, there was a, probably a certain element of entrepreneurship, you know, within the company that they were trying yeah. to make processes better, trying to totally you know, change their, they were evolving even their own job around their own interests, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it is an interesting, uh, I, I loved kind of delving into the whole, you know, is there a entrepreneurial gene? Is there a, you know, a, does, it, does it make us different, you know, are we different, mm-hmm. you know, genetically than... You know, do we think differently? Do we act differently? And I I think there is some, certainly some substance to that. And I think, you know, you kind of touched on that, but talk, let's go back to, you know, when you first started this, how does it look different today than it did 10 years
1: ago? Mm -hmm. I said yes to a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's one of the lessons I wish part
0: of the course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of the things I wish I would have implemented sooner was just saying no and when i i had a conversation with someone and they wanted me to really flex and change what i do for them and they're a little kind of high maintenance and i had a little check in my gut i'm like Mm. oh no i can make it work or you know and i i convinced myself to do it Mm -mm. never works out does it no, no, yeah. it's, and I, I'll, I'll turn away business now and say, you know, I just don't think this is quite aligned. Let me let me try and find somebody else for you you know, that can work with your schedule or work with that thing, because that's just that's not our lane. Mm-hmm. So and, and so I feel a lot more comfortable even when it hurts, even when I could really use that extra revenue. I will say no, because so often there's an opportunity the next week that is is even better And that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had taken the last one. So it's just like, man, if you don't feel good about it, yeah, don't, don't do it. There is kind of an opportunity cost
0: for every yes, uh, as you were talking about. So talk about like the structure of the business. Is it a franchise model? Is it a, are you, you know, independent contractors kind of helping you do this? Mm -hmm. What is, what does it look like? What's the, the, uh, you know, draw kind of a, a virtual flow chart for us
1: yeah so i'm the c-suite and so i've got full-time guy and then contractors and we i had three full-time people at one point and realized that's not you know when when you've got a ton of leads and everything's really flowing like that's cool but it does mm-hmm. not give you flexibility when things aren't going well so no. figure out i figure out how to make it work with uh with contractors if possible so that's what i've uh, what we're doing right now and um So I would love to do some sort of franchise or... Something along those lines. We'll see. Things are starting to develop this year with, uh, or you know, the end of this year and into next year with some larger businesses and actually us really trying to get into the franchise world mm-hmm. um, and large businesses that just have multiple locations to be able to create a system in cascade it across multiple locations. In which case, you know, I mean, this business is totally franchisable. I mean, it's already built and ready to go for mm-hmm. that. Um, It's just really figuring out that offer and, you know, the target market, because as we've changed and refined things, we're trying to take people's businesses to a higher level. And you have to have a certain amount of income and problems to really justify the expense of doing this type of work or Mm -hmm. just have the long view and realizing like this is an investment. and this is what I need in order to scale successfully without creating a ton of chaos. Right. Because we did our systems first um, and then grew. Mm-hmm. That's not usually how business works. And so yeah. it's big messes that we come in and fix and then help them you know, streamline from there. And so you got to have a certain amount of revenue for that. So that's kind of changed and now it's figuring out, um, you know, what does that offer look like to really help us have a even healthier profit margin? um, than where we're at before. I uh, I mean, uh, I use the
0: word franchise. Maybe I'm thinking more like, is there a licensing model? Is there a, you know, certification? I, I, I you're a certified digital organizer coach, you know, that type of thing. But it, mm-hmm. it is interesting. And I, and I, I love the fact that you said, you know, Hey, we did this first, we kind of got our systems in place and we scaled I and mean, that's mm-hmm. every business on the planet should do that. And 95% of them don't, you know, they, yeah. they do it in reverse. So that, yeah. that's why they call you to,
1: Come in and mm-hmm. help them get organized. Well, it's, it's, there's a, a quote from Michael Gerber from the e myth mm-hmm. um, where he says, a business run by a manager will die very neatly. <laughs> Love that quote. So, you know, you really have to balance revenue and operations at the mm-hmm. same time. If you can marry those things, you know, it's, it seems like the most successful entrepreneurs go with revenue first and then create the chaos and then just hire people on the back end to kind of clean it up and figure it out. And they tend to grow a lot faster, but then they also crash and burn, yep. you know faster. Yep. this for me, you know being the type of person that I am, I started slower. I wanted everything I wanted everything handled first and systematized first before I launched mm-hmm. and before I took on more business because I was terrified of, um not delivering for my clients, mm-hmm. you know, that I would sell someone and then not be able to deliver. And that was like the ultimate sin in business is not delivering. And so, you know, out of out of the fear and wanting everything to be perfect, this business has grown way slower than it could have. And part of that was me deciding this is sort of a lifestyle business as well. Right. This is enabling me to spend more time with my family mm-hmm. and to have that the lifestyle that I wanted. And so you know, there, there are other factors to that as well, but I think that has to be balanced. And I would encourage the listeners, don't don't let it go too far one way or the other. Try and have a more balanced approach. If if I were to pick one of them, I'd probably say 60, 65, 70% revenue mm-hmm. and then having operations behind it, but it's trailing behind. You yep. don't leave it behind.
0: Right. Right. It, and, and cleaning up the mess after the fact, I think, leaves you very vulnerable sometimes to, you know, to mm-hmm. these market fluctuations that you mentioned earlier. But
1: mm-hmm. uh, And the time, the time, dude, that, that people waste yeah. trying to find everything and piecing things back mm-hmm. together and recreating the same thing over and over again because they can't find it or someone else had it or they hired a contractor, <laughs> but they can't find it. It's somewhere lost in Google Drive. Or revenue wasted,
0: you know. For sure i mean you mm-hmm. can earn a lot of money but you can spend a lot of money too you know trying Oops. to try to fix yes. things that are not systematized but yeah um it, it sounds like to me that you know you've learned many many lessons kind of leading your own company here but let's let's uh, kind of wrap this up just mm-hmm. just really speaking to our listeners here what are just one or two really quick one-liners you know, points that you think would be very germane to anybody trying to start something? What are some, you know, we call this kind of the mentor moment. What If you're mentoring somebody on how to run a business well, how to lead well, what are one or two things you think are very important?
1: Hmm. I would say. You're. I just heard this I think don Don Miller said this the other day uh, at Tony Roman's business Pastor. he went back again. <laughs> he said if if your if your customers' problems keep you up at night, then you'll never run out of customers hmm. and wow. it's keeping it's keeping their problem in mind and trying to figure out how to solve that, how to prevent it you know, whatever that looks like of, of, of the solution for you, then that's keeping you focused on, on the right thing. Of course, you still have to stay in business. You got to eat the whole thing, but, but realizing that, that the customer has to be that focus, um, say no, when you don't feel good about it, Mm -hmm. even if it, even if it looks like an ideal client on paper, but you got a gut check, don't do it. I love that. Um, and iterate, you know, don't be afraid to do something and then say i don't I don't do that anymore i've I've gone in another direction.
0: those are three really, really good points. I mean, I especially love that first one from Mr. Blue, like jazz himself that says if you uh if your customers' problems keep you up at night, you'll never run out of customers i i that is such a great quote you know to pull out and uh, I've been, you know, doing this podcast for probably five and a half years, and that's one of the best, you know, like closing nuggets that anybody nice. has, has, I think, mentioned on on a, an episode here. But cool. I mean we've we've covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of things, but uh, is there is there something that we just haven't touched on you think would be really good just to kind of wrap us up today and then maybe tell people where to find you online or to find more about the digital organizer.
1: Yeah. So you can find us at thedigitalorganizer.com. And what I would say about digital organization is, it's not really a luxury. If you take your digital world, and you were to magically turn it into a physical space, how would you feel in that space? Mm -hmm. Because you're staring at this screen for however many hours a day, most of us, at least eight hours a day at our computer, but what about our other devices? This is where we live. And and how efficient your digital world is, has a massive impact on how effective your company is at producing results, as well as your mental health. And so you don't don't even necessarily have to pay someone to, to get help with this, but start thinking about what you do when what's really important about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on our website, we've got a quiz that you can take. It's just like the how organized are, am I quiz, and can I be fixed? and it's going to take you through uh it's I don't know, like two or three minutes but you just go in and click through the answers and it's about how not how well you've got your file structured but how effective it is um at its job um and being able to do that and that'll give you a great starting place of what you should be working on and, and focusing on right now and to find some resources you can um you know if you do that quiz you'll get put on our newsletter and and we've got a, a weekly newsletter called Digital Peace that goes out and we're talking about this sort of thing and some actionable steps that you can do every week to make a difference in your digital world. And share that with your friends and, and you know people that are struggling digitally and uh, see if you can get them some help. Well, the
0: first step in uh, in getting help is recognizing you have a problem. So <laughs> the so, quiz will help you with that. That's right. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm a digital. I'm in digital chaos. So yes, absolutely. So, Sean, yeah. I, I really appreciate you taking time today, and and what a way to wrap up 2023 for Rising Tide startups. Uh, appreciate you taking the time and just really absolutely. playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Sean, absolutely. have a great holidays. You too. Thanks. I hope you heard some great takeaways from our guests today. Make sure you reach out to them and thank you again for playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.